0: It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. In this episode, we start part one of an incredible conversation with Jason Romano. Jason was with ESPN for 17 years. He was one of the guys behind the scenes of Sports Center's shows like Mike and Mike in the morning. Monday Night Football, College Game Day, an MLB All-Star Game, and many more. Get ready to hear this story and how God called him to leave his dream job. Here's the conversation.
1: All right, today on the podcast, we have Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum. Jason, it's great to meet you. Pastor Jay here.
2: Yeah. Hey, Pastor Jay. Good to be on with you. Hey, Dave. What up, big dog? (laughs) How's everything going, man? It's great to be here. Everything is good.
3: Everything is good, Pastor Jay. I bet. Why do you have so many notes? You got. I mean, you got everything written down over there. You you ready to roll?
1: I'm ready to roll. I'm bringing my A game today, uh, Jason. We had an unfortunate
3: <laughs> circumstance when when we interviewed Tony Dungey. He did not bring his A game. It was awful, Uh-oh. and so we kind of chided him for it. So we're hoping he's uh, in a little better shape today. You look like you're a little looser, a little
1: ready to rock and roll. I'm I'm ready to go. So, Jason, <laughs> let's start off with your testimony. How, how did you come to know Jesus Christ?
2: I love it. We're going right into it. Um, so I grew up as a kid who went to church when my grandfather dragged me, um, St. Patrick's Church in Ravina, New York, and you know did the things that good Catholic boys are supposed to do. You know, make your first communion, got baptized as a baby, uh, made my confirmation when I was thirteen or fourteen, and then I remember having a conversation with my mother, who was just so happy to see her son like check all the boxes that you're supposed to check as a you know good catholic boy and her and i i remember asking her do i have to go to church now and she said you never have to go to church again if you don't want to just i'm just glad that you did what you were supposed to do up until 14 years old and you know i joke with my mom now but i took that to heart and i thought okay i don't i don't really need god in my life and you know I, it's not that i didn't believe in god but i don't know if i had any i didn't even know that that you could have a relationship with the lord Um, for many years later. And so I really didn't focus on my faith. I just kind of focused on sports and girls and all the normal stuff that teenage Mm -hmm. boys do. And then when I went to college, my sole desire was to get a job in broadcasting. And it's when I got out of college, started in local radio, then got to ESPN. Um, My brother, Chris, my middle brother was the first in our family to say yes to the Lord and actually have a genuine relationship with Jesus. And that was very foreign to the rest of our family. But I watched how my brother lived his life over the next few years after he got saved and it was a genuine shift in how he treated his his wife Tara, how he was a, as a dad to his his little baby Samuel who's now 20, you know, 22 years old. It was a genuine shift in his in his mindset. In his life, and that was very attractive to me. Uh, it was still very strange and a little weird to me, but I just saw how he was living his life, and I wanted to live my life that way. And it was Mother's Day, two thousand one, uh, when my brother invited me to his church. Now, guys, you'll get an appreciation for this. Growing up, I said I went to a Catholic church, and and, and the and the Catholic church experience is let's just say over on this side. And I went to my brother's church, and it was a very charismatic, uh, evangelical church, and I would classify that to be on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of experiences in a church. So it was kind of, you know, it was it was mind-boggling to me that I would see music playing and, and instruments and, and people raising their hands and dancing and clapping. It was very energetic, um, and I wasn't used to that, but... I heard the message that day, and, and you know they talked about salvation and, and Jesus, and it was interesting to me at least. And then my brother invited us all back to his house after church that day, and he just said, "Hey, what did you think?" And I said, "Guys, or Chris, I, I didn't, um, I didn't understand exactly what was being said, but I said it was okay. I didn't, I didn't mind it. And I don't know why it was that moment, guys, but my brother saw this opportunity." to be bold. And he just mm. said, Jay, can I can I share with you about what I've been walking through the last few years and and introduce you to the gospel and just explain it to you? And I said, absolutely. And so he brought me to the back bedroom of his house and we sat down for about 15 minutes and he shared the gospel with me. He shared about salvation and our need for a savior and what sin meant. Now, I didn't fully understand all of it, but my heart was open that day to at least begin the journey. And he asked me, do you want this in your life? And I said, yes. And so we prayed a prayer, and I don't know if I would have gone to heaven at that moment if I had died right there, uh, because I don't know if I fully grasped and understood what I was saying yes to, but I tell people all the time, listen, all you have to do is have an open heart to say yes and begin a relationship. And I went on this journey that I've been on now 21 years, but even for the next year, just trying to learn about what I had said yes to, and eventually I think it was like i don't know a year and a half later i got baptized and been walking with the lord ever since
3: go ahead that's awesome that's great and and what sticks out is and i want people to really take and understand is again your testimony is enough and our walk every day with people is enough like you you saw chris you saw your brother and how he lived and that was impe- appealing. That was enticing. Like, we have an opportunity without saying a word. If you don't want to be an evangelical person, if you don't want to share, if God didn't give you the gift of gab like like Jason, like, if you don't have that, like, it's okay. Your your life story and how you treat, he said how he treated his wife, how he treated Samuel, like, that was enough to to spark interest. That was enough to go, what's different about that person? Like, that's important for all of us in the way we carry ourselves and the way we walk. And that led the door and opened the door for, for something bigger and something better in Jason's life. And I just, I love hearing that now more, more about it, Jason, more about your life and what happened next, because a lot of people do think, I think, Oh, my life's changed. And now everything's easy. Everything's great. Everything's Gucci. Like it's nothing, nothing's hard. This is, this is simple. What happened next in, in your journey and, um, and where did God take you?
2: Yeah, it took a little while, right? I think for all of us, um, some of us have this sort of um, fire and brimstone moment, you know, or this lightning in a bottle moment when they're on fire and they're all in, and it can almost be a damage to our testimony uh, in some ways because we, we just want everybody to know what just happened to us. And that can be a little bit turnoffish. In fact, when my brother became a Christian, that was kind of what happened with him. He was so on fire and we were like, whoa, bro, wait a minute here. What's going on with you? And so for me, it wasn't that way. I think it was just this gradual growth. And you know, for many years, guys, even after I said yes to the Lord, you know, my God, if I'm being honest, was my job. Um, and that can happen to a lot of us. But when you work at a place like ESPN, uh, which is just, you know, such a blessing for me to have been there for so many years, you know, my focus, my identity, my life was in my job. And if you'd have asked me who I was for many, many years, I would have said, you know, I'm Jason, I work at ESPN. I wouldn't. I don't even think I would have started with, I'm Jason, and I'm married to Dawn, and I have a daughter named Sarah, and I'm a follower of Christ, and then I work at ESPN. So I, I have my priorities sort of out of whack, even though I, I would have told you I was a Christian. You know, I was going to church, and I was growing in my faith, I was learning Bible verses, and even making decisions with my wife to make sure we raised our daughter um, in the church and wanted to raise her uh, in a godly home. So we were making the decisions and I was living a life that I thought was probably the right way to live. But if I'm being honest, a lot of my attention, a lot of my, um, my wherewithal of who I was about was just poured into my job. And if If you're not careful especially if you work at a place that's so big like espn it can it can swallow you up sometimes and you want to do great work and you want to be available and you want to be there in those experiences but my priorities were not in its proper order and i'll tell you a quick story You, you guys mentioned tony dungy um tony dungy changed my life in many ways he came to espn in 2010 And my job at that time was a talent producer. And I was booking guests and securing the guests that would come to ESPN and and be on all of our shows, including College Game Day. And Coach Dungey is coming to ESPN to promote his book, The Mentor Leader. And I'm excited, right? Like, I'm still a baby Christian, even though I've been a Christian for seven years. I'm excited to just spend the time with Coach Dungy. Like, what a great guy, right? And so he gets there, and he's got his assistant, Jessica, And uh, one of his publicists, Todd, with him and Nathan, his co-author, and we're just spending a good, you know, hour or so together. A lot of the people that I had worked with previously knew that I was a Christian, so they told Coach Dungy this. And so Coach was very aware that I was a man of faith. And, you know, we went and did Mike and Mike in the morning, you know, his first show that day. This was August, I think, of 2010. And... Coach finishes that up, and we end up in the green room. And he asked me a question, guys, that changed my life forever. And I, I didn't know how to answer it. I didn't even see it coming. But Coach said, hey, Jason, a lot of the folks here tell me you're a follower of Christ. That is amazing. Let me ask you this. How do you live your faith out in the workplace here at ESPN? I would love to know how you do that. And guys, I had like these big eyes, and I looked at him, and I'm just kind of shaking my head, and I'm like, coach i don't know if i can even do that now remember this is seven eight years after i became a christian and i'm sitting with coach dungy and i'm telling him that i don't know if i can even live my faith out in the workplace i thought it was always separate mm-hmm. right i mean i knew i was a christian but i thought there's no way i can come in and start you know preaching to my coworkers. that's not what i i'm, I'm a producer And I could just sense, Coach, when I said, I don't even know if I could do that, I I could just sense that he kind of puts his head down and shakes his head for a minute, and I was disappointing, Tony Dungy. We were not (laughs) off to a good start, guys. And then right before he could follow up, his assistant, Jessica, walks in front of him, and Jessica and I had known each other a little bit, so I think she felt like she was okay in doing this. She looks at me, kind of puts her hands on her hips and says, Jason, you don't get what Coach is trying to ask you here, do you? And I said, I'm not sure where you're going with this, Jessica. What do you mean? And she goes, well, look at where you work. You're at ESPN, right? There's three or 4,000 people here every single day in Bristol, Connecticut that you're interacting with. And she's like, coach is trying to see how you're living your faith out. So this is an opportunity for you to be a light in the workplace. I'm not talking about preaching or walking around with a Bible and telling people that they need to repent. I'm not talking about that. She's like coach is talking about just living your faith out and you know I had mentioned to them that if I was going to live my faith out in the workplace I needed to go work at a church or work for you know FCA or you know Sports Spectrum or something like that I couldn't do that at ESPN and Jessica was very blunt and she said listen until God calls you away and maybe he will someday um until he does you're to bloom where you're planted yeah. bloom where you're planted and I thought Wow, and it was like this light bulb went on above my head, guys, and I recognized that my desire as a believer of Jesus to live my faith out didn't mean just Sunday at church and maybe a Bible study middle of the week. It meant kind of what we talked about earlier, Dave. It meant carrying myself in a way everywhere I go to try and be a light, to try and be encouraging, to serve, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever I went. And so that's what changed. It took a little while, but that's what changed. And I think for the next, I guess I was there another six or seven years at ESPN. That's tr- that's what I tried to do. Um, there were moments, certainly, and I, I understood my, my, my job and why they hired me was to be the best producer I could be. But I was a producer at ESPN. I, I should say I was a follower of Jesus first, disguised as a producer at ESPN or disguised As a husband or a dad like everything had to center around being a follower of Christ first wherever I went and that's what changed Mm.
3: how how did you live that out the next six six years at ESPN
2: How how did that change you so I think what it did was it changed my focus and my mindset when I went to work every day to understand that okay first of all the very first thing you can do to honor God is do your work well You know, this is the place where you go in, don't be lazy. You know, don't be, um, you know, don't don't be a jerk. You know, that's not a good witness for yourself. Go into ESPN and do the best work that you can do. Be accountable, be available, and, you know, serve others. That's that's a a mantra of Jesus. If you read Matthew 20, he talks about, I did not come to be served, but to serve. So I tried to just serve others, tried to be available. And that's what really changed, Dave. I mean, and it's funny because I saw things happen in my journey and opportunities and different experiences happen without me even trying to make them happen, meaning promotions, meaning opportunities to cover events, meaning going to work at ESPN, or I should say at Mike and Mike in the morning in my last year, which was probably my favorite year at ESPN. So it was all these things happening. Eventually, it did lead to me starting to think about doing more for God, and we can get there in a minute if you want. But it, it just changed my mindset. And I don't think I... It's funny, you can work really hard at your job and you can be the best producer you can be, but I don't think I had ESPN anymore as my identity. That was a big one. Uh, and, and that's hard for a lot of people to understand because you're still associated with that place and, and, and with the job that you have. And even the job I have now at Sports Spectrum. But I have to remember that my priority lies with Christ First and then everything else falls underneath that. And so I don't want to say I didn't take my job seriously. I did, but I just didn't make it the Lord of my life. And that was a big difference.
1: Uh, you said several things when it comes to evangelism. And I'd love to go a little bit deeper into this because we have a lot of listeners, a lot of people at our church who who want to have an impact for Jesus Christ. And I feel like people who are out in the workforce, people who are in the in the business world, those are, those are the real missionaries, the coaches that are... Working with the high school kids and, and college kids, but your brother modeled something for you, and then you mentioned it here yourself at ESPN. It takes two things to evangelize. One is our actions; we have to we have to live it out. People have to see something different in us, and obviously, the difference is Jesus Christ. But the yeah. second thing is we have to share with them why we are different. And so, right. I feel like your brother he took it to the next level. You said he was bold or, or courageous. And he, he not only took you to church and invited you, but he followed it up, took you back in the back bedroom, and actually shared the gospel with you. And so I think we have to have both in evangelism. If we're only sharing the gospel, but we're not living the life that Christ would want us to live, then that's where, where Christians get a bad rap for, for being hypocrites. But if Very we're living so. this great moral life, but we never tell anybody why, why we're different, it doesn't give. they don't hear the gospel, and so the gospel can't. Can't change their lives. So
2: Yeah, I think people, um, especially those that follow Christ, I think we the actions thing and the sharing thing, we 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 usually only choose one of those. And I, I think some people are so um, you know, into the side of sharing things, right? It's like we gotta tell you about Jesus, gotta tell you about Jesus, gotta tell you about Jesus. And then there's others that are saying nope, I'm not gonna ever tell you about Jesus. I'm just gonna let my actions do the talking. And I think there is there is danger in both of those. Um, I did hear somebody recently tell me, does your tongue match your tongue? And I thought, I thought what does that mean? Does your mm. tongue match your tongue? And he was talking about as a kid, his mom told him, this was a an NFL executive that shared this in a conference that I was at. He said, uh, you know, you have the tongue on your shoe. They used to call them the tongues, right? Where you, okay, where you tie yeah. your shoe. And then your tongue that you speak with. And the Bible talks a lot about taming our tongue and making sure that our words are uplifting and encouraging. And he's like, the tongue on your shoe is where you're doing your walking. And he's like, so does your walk match your speech and how you treat others and how you live your life? And so does your tongue match your tongue? And I thought, man, that is such a great way to think about follow uh, us as followers of Christ. You know, we have to be able to walk it, but I also talk it. And so that there's, mm. there's a, it's not easy to do. I was going to say there's pressure no. on all of us to do that. I don't know about pressure, but it's very hard because our tongue, you know, our speech can get in the way quite often. And then our walk can get in the way. We've seen a lot of people that, you know, will talk about Jesus quite a bit. And then their actions don't back up, you know, where they, where they're talking. And that's a, that's hard, man. It's really hard. I think for me, I tried to do both and, in you know, I think the, what I really focused on is, you know, even saying that out loud, I tried to do both. I really just tried to grow closer to God and hopefully out of the overflow of that is actions that match words. Um, but when we just try to do it on our own, I think that's where we fall because we're humans and we're not perfect.
3: Well, and, and tongue match your tongue. I get that. I, I completely understand that. But what people need to understand, too, is our tongue's not going to be perfect our actions are not going to be perfect. We're never going to get there. We're always going to mess up. We're always going to screw up. But the question is, how are you going to handle that? Like, how are you going to also show people after you mess up? What do you do? Are you, are you going to apologize? Are you going to come back to that situation and say, I shouldn't have handled it different. Am I going to adjust? Am I next time going to get better at it? Like I'll never forget my, my senior high school, I, I got saved and, First thing, and now I'm the other guy. I'm the guy that wants to, I'm, 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 I'm on fire. I'm ready to rock and roll. Don't know anything about what I'm doing. And I'm like, hey, I'm at the lunch table. And I'm like, hey, don't curse. Yeah. Y'all don't use that language. And the next thing you know, I'm dropping an F-bomb because that's what I grew up in. I, I mean, that's how I spoke. That's the next, and I'm like, crap. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a difference, but I still have things in my heart that I got to iron out and work on. And I had to show them like, crap, like I'm, I'm not perfect either, but I'm trying to do this. Let's hold each other accountable. Like, it doesn't have to be, it's not, your walk is not going to be something so perfect that you go, they're going to look at you and go, that's perfect. You're going you're gonna to have those trips. You're going to have those stumbles. How do you handle it? How do you react to situations that are tough? How do you react when, when somebody tries you and somebody comes at you and it's a horrible situation? Are you one of those people that fly off the handle? Like... Those are, the, those are the moments I think that you have the biggest opportunities when things are going nuts and things are going crazy and it's a it's a rocky situation. And then how do we handle that? Like that, those are the big moments, not but it's not going to be perfection. I, I, I think you could probably articulate that better than I just did, Pastor Jay. But I just think it's important that we understand that doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect and it has to be perfect. We can reveal our struggles, what we're struggling with along the way, show our human side while we're still – telling them about Jesus and so showing them how we're pursuing Jesus.
1: Yeah, I think I think humility and authenticity goes a long way. When you're when you're real with people and they oh, he he doesn't have it all together. And you and you shared this with me several times that you love it when I share areas in my life that I struggle with and so if it's the awesome. pastor struggles yep. in certain areas then it's it's okay for me to struggle. Correct. But we're all we're all no one's arrived as the apostle Paul says. We're we're all striving towards being more like Christ, being closer to Christ. Mm. Jason, I, I do want to talk about your story. I, I first heard about you and started following you uh, when you made this huge decision to leave your dream job at ESPN to fulfill God's call on your life and ministry, and that really grabbed my attention. I don't know if it was on Twitter or maybe Mike and the Mike and Mike show um, talking about you, but I thought, that just blew me away, and I was so encouraged to, well, here here's a guy who had his dream job, and I mean, how many how many kids in America? How, how many people around the world would love to work for ESPN? And I, I'm one of those guys. I, I joke around with with Davey and the guys that I that I'm a professional athlete in the body of a pastor. Um, I love <laughs> yeah. sports. I mean, I, I'm one of these guys who watches Sports Center. Like last night, I, I would, after I've watched it twice, I'm like, okay, I need to I need to move <laughs> on. I need to like read a book or something. But talk talk about that. How how did how, how did, what led you to make that decision? I mean, that's a, that's a huge decision. Not only a call to ministry, but I think you were married at the time. You had a child at the time. So even making a career change is a, is a yeah. huge step of faith.
2: Yeah, this was, um, well, I made the decision five years ago is when I left ESPN, but it was probably seven years ago when I started thinking about what that would look like. You know, I was 15 years into my journey at ESPN and, um, uh, I thought about, okay, God, do you want me to be here for the rest of my career? And I would have been completely fine with that because I love my job. But is there anything else that you want me to be thinking about here? You know, and at the time I was 41, 42 years old, and you might call that the halftime of life, right? When you start to hit your early to mid forties. And I also started thinking about sort of the halftime of my of my career. And I thought, all right, God if you want me here at ESPN, I'm all in, let's go. And if you don't reveal that to me and not many months later, I was invited to speak at a, at a conference in Nashville and all of the people there at this time, by the way, guys, I was uh, a social media director and manager at ESPN. And so I was working on the NFL. I was working on uh, major league baseball and I loved my job. Like if this was brand new at that time in 2014, 2015, you know, this kind of new area of social media and ESPN creating a, you know, a department for that, which was great. So they invited me, a bunch of people invited me to speak at this conference and it wasn't a huge conference. There was probably 75 people there and all of them worked for a church, a nonprofit or a faith-based organization, all of them. And they were all doing the same job I was doing at ESPN as a social media manager. And so it was just a bunch of, you know, young people and then myself talking about social media and how, you know, we can all improve and be better at our jobs. But I was the only one there who worked for a, for lack of a better word, a secular organization like ESPN. And they had me share kind of some, you know, about my job and what I did and what are some unique ways that, you know, makes our job different. And, you know, some of the takeaways and bullet points, things like that that you would normally share at a conference. But then I had, this opportunity to sit and listen to some of the other people that shared. Again, the faith-based organizations, the nonprofits. And I had this epiphany, I guess, you know, this moment from the Holy spirit where I realized that there are people doing things in my eyes for a greater purpose in this faith-based place, but doing the same work I was doing. And it didn't mean I wanted to leave right then. It just made me think, it just made me start thinking, well, Maybe God has equipped me with all of these skills and passions and experiences in the sports space and the broadcast space to go and do something greater for him. I don't know what that means. It might have meant staying at ESPN, to be honest with you guys. And so I went on this journey for the next year of really spending time in prayer, but spending time talking to people outside of ESPN who were friends of mine in the faith space, maybe in the leadership space. You know, One particular person was a guy named John Gordon, who I think you both know, mm-hmm. and John is a mentor of mine and a friend of mine now. He wrote the forward to my book, um, The Uniform of Leadership, but John was one, was one that I just started getting to know at that time, and I just called him one day and said, do you have 30 minutes where I can just ask you a bunch of questions? And he's like, absolutely. And I did that with like 10 or 12 other people, and all I wanted to do was just ask them questions about their job. I wasn't looking for a new job. I wasn't even looking for any advice per se. I just wanted to kind of hear their stories and their journeys. And I got to tell you guys, that was the best thing for me because it allowed me over the next year or so, even though I still felt this yearning from the Lord to maybe do more for him, that I could potentially stay at ESPN for the rest of my career and still do great things for God. And so I was kind of in this sort of this quandary of where do I go? What do I do? But I was building relationships with people outside of ESPN, which I had done a lot of anyways, but this was different. And then I had a guy named Steve Stenstrom call me, I guess, and we had this conversation. And Steve is the president of Sports Spectrum. He's also the president of a ministry called Pro Athletes Outreach, PAO. And Steve uh, is a former NFL quarterback. And him and I were chatting one day. This is probably late 2015, early 2016. And we just kept chatting. Like we had a conversation, then we had another one, then we had another one. And he was really interested in my expertise, but also my love for the Lord. And the fact that he was working in sports ministry, right, that was really intriguing to me that there was, and I knew about FCA, but that there was something where you could have a passion for sports and a passion for God and have those things intersect, And so Steve and I kept talking, and then Sports Spectrum came on the scene, and he said, Jason, we just acquired this longtime media ministry called Sports Spectrum, and I kind of think you might be perfect for this role. Would you be interested, and can we talk about it? And that's what led to my having a deeper conversation and then eventually choosing to leave ESPN. Now, I will tell you guys, um, you mentioned being married, having a daughter at the time. I think she was in middle school at the time. She just graduated high school like a couple months ago, but she was in middle school at the time. And this is a pivotal moment, right? In my career and my journey and to take a 40% pay cut and to go to a sort of a contract job versus a you know steady full-time job. That's not what probably most people should be doing when they're <laughs> in the middle of a, a journey as a dad and as a husband, but that's what was presented to me to go to sports spectrum was to take this pretty massive pay cut, but I still felt like God was saying, just trust me. Mm. And that's where I did a lot of praying, talked to my wife, and she was certainly seeing you know, the bigger picture. How are we going to pay our bills? And I just said to her, listen, if this opportunity to leave ESPN is from God, um, he'll take care of us. Mm-hmm. The doors will, will continue to stay open or whatever it is. He'll, he'll take care of us. I trust him. If it's not from God... And it's just from Jason with a feeling here, uh, it'll blow up in my face pretty quick, and I'll probably end up back at ESPN, or I'll look for another job. But the doors will shut quickly. And that was five and a half years ago, guys. And I'm still at ESPN. I'm not at ESPN anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm still at Sports Spectrum, and it's been five years of this sports ministry world that I'm in. That uh, I mean, it's just been amazing to watch the Lord work and. he's opened up more doors than I thought, like opportunities to speak and share at conferences or write a couple books. Like those were not things that were ever on my plate to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. But when I left ESPN, I tried to do it out of obedience to God. And I've found now looking back, especially now that I'm almost 50, I'm about a year from being 50 years old, that that's the best way to live is just living in obedience to God. And for some people, that means... You know, blooming where they're planted at a place like ESPN. And for others like me, it meant going into sports ministry. That's awesome.
3: That is super cool. So, what, when you do what you do now, what gives you the most fulfillment?
2: David, to give me the most fulfillment, I think is having a person like you on and asking you a question that you don't get asked in a lot of other places. And that is the question that you guys asked me at the very top of this podcast. Tell me your testimony. Tell me about Jesus in your life. That, that brings the most fulfillment because it takes me out of the equation. And when you're hosting a show, we can get caught up in, in it being about us. And even at a place like Sports Spectrum, I can get caught up in, in making my job my, my journey or my faith walk or my or even my God. But getting to ask questions that you don't get to ask, or that that aren't often asked, I should say, at other places, other media companies, that brings me the most fulfillment. It really does. And, And knowing that there is a purpose for my role, and there's a purpose for a lot of roles, but for me, there is a clear purpose for my role every day when I wake up, and that is to bring Jesus into the sports conversation with Sports Spectrum. That's our purpose. And again, what that does is it takes me out of the equation in the sense of, living out John 3.30, and I'm wearing a hat that says that. It's the increase of Christ and the decrease of self. We're not taking ourselves 100% out of the equation. We're just increasing Christ and decreasing ourselves. And when I ask people on our show, our podcast, about Jesus, I think that does that for them too, because they can't take all of the credit. It's only God. And so they're able to point to, to, to Christ, point to God, and you know, decrease in self, if you will, as John the Baptist talked about. And for me, that that brings me the most joy each and every day to be fulfilled. And I mean, let's, let's be honest, guys, if you can find a job that you love, you never have to work a day in your life. And I had a job that I loved at ESPN for 17 years. I had a job that I loved before ESPN in local radio for three years. And I have a job that I love now for the last five years with Sports Spectrum. And that is also a pretty nice icing on top of the cake here that we get to wake up every day and do something that we genuinely love.
1: Well, Sports Spectrum is an incredible ministry. And, and one of the things that Davey and I have known each other for a long time, and I've seen him grow so much in his faith. And, and even the last couple of years, we talk a lot about, uh, I talk a lot with Davey about using your platform to, to glorify God and, and to, to spread the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Yes. And I feel like sports spectrum, you know, so many kids, so many people in America, you know, we idolize athletes and we look up to these to these in- incredible, you know, sports figures. But then when we hear that Jesus Christ has changed their life and Jesus is the most important thing in their lives and, and they're loving their wives as Christ loved the church and they're trying to raise their kids in a Christian home and in the church, I think it, it's so encouraging for others to hear those stories and and wow they're doing it I can do it and it's just I think it's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's what we want to do. Uh it's what Sports Spectrum's always been about well before I was ever involved with Sports Spectrum. I mean, they came around in 1985 with their first ever magazine and their goal was always to to kind of share the gospel through the lens of sports. And that's what I I'm trying to, you know, stand on their shoulders and continue to do the things that they've been doing for years and years and years with Sports Spectrum. But you know what else I love, Pastor Jay and Dave, is you guys mentioned it earlier. When we can be transparent and vulnerable, it it takes the conversations to another level. Like they'll say, yes, I love Jesus. Here's my testimony. But here's where I failed. Here's where I've struggled. Here's where I need to still continue to work on. You know, my prayer life might not be where it's at. I struggle in prayer. Well, guess what? My hand's raised, too, because so do I. And so it becomes this opportunity to go in a deeper place and a deeper opportunity to have conversations that just, you know, it it just I think it encourages people to see that they are people of faith, men or women, but that they also struggle because all of us struggle. They also sometimes have a hard time reading God's word every day or even understanding it or like we talked about earlier making our actions, you know, match, you know, our words, like there's just something about being transparent. And I think when we open up the door to talk about faith and we really get real, I think there's some really awesome opportunities that take place for people to to grow and, and be encouraged.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollack and Pastor Jay. What an awesome story from Jason to hear how he came to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but then being challenged by Tony Dungy to bloom where he is planted. I love how he did this by doing his best work, serving others, and living out his faith. What are you doing today at work that shows people something different? Like Pastor Jay said, you have to live it out and be willing to share why you are different. Be sure to check back next week as we dive into part two of this conversation with Jason Romano.